right, everyone. Thanks for uh, tuning into the Devo podcast. I hope you're having a good week. Uh, we are wrapping up the semester, and this is just crazy. I mean, this is just not how I expected us to end the semester, um, but God's good. He's still at work. He's still doing things. And uh, this week, what we really wanted to talk about is studying scripture. And I know it's the end of the semester, um, but this is just, this is crucial to life, studying scripture. And I remember when I was a younger believer, I really struggled with sitting down and opening up the Bible. You know, I definitely believe that God spoke through scripture. I believe that I should be reading scripture. And I th- and it's one of the things, you know, I love the most, and honestly, I still really love, was hearing a sermon. Like, I just love sermons. It used to blow me away that the way the preachers and pastors would open up Scripture and just reveal this kind of, like, entirely, like, other world that was just chock full of meaning, purpose, and truth, and it was so relevant. And so I had this weird feeling where... um I loved what they were doing with scripture. However, when I opened up scripture by myself at home, the way I was supposed to, uh, I never seemed to have that same experience. It just felt like I needed more knowledge or I just need someone to jumpstart me in the right direction. Uh, So for years on and off, I would dig into scripture and then get out of scripture. And no surprise that my walk with Jesus also seemed to kind of go in and out as well. And what I want to do today is... I'm not going to give you a how-to. Um, a lot of scripture is just, of developing a habit of scripture is just sitting down and doing it day after day, and you start to see how it's forming you. Um, but I just want to briefly introduce you to a passage and just give you a reason for why you should spend time in scripture, why you should invest um, to showing up day after day and just spending time reading the word, and eventually it'll become contagious and it'll be the one thing that you want to do. Um, but I just want to give you the the jumpstart reason. And after this, uh, we're going to interview two of our own students and hear about what uh, their regular study of Scripture looks like. And uh, so this is going to be a very uh, short little teaching thing. And then we'll jump into this interview later with Andrew and Courtney. So let's look at this passage from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. This is Matthew 5, starting in verse 17. Jesus says this, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Cool. So Jesus basically begins by stating right off the bat, don't think for a moment that I've come to get rid of the law or the prophets. Uh, Basically, Jesus is referring to like the primary Jewish Jewish scriptures that they had during this time. So for us, just kind of think the Old Testament. Jesus says, don't think for a moment that I've come to get rid of those scriptures. Then he makes this huge statement and he says, until heaven and earth disappear, not a single letter, not a single stroke of the pen will disappear until everything is accomplished. And he issues a warning saying that we must live and teach the commands of scripture. Now, there are people and even self-proclaimed Christians that would say scripture isn't necessarily important to our walk with Jesus but what matters is that we have a relationship with them. 
And yeah, like in a sense, they're partly right. What matters is that we have a relationship with Jesus. However, I think that they might be missing out on what a relationship with Jesus looks like. So you see, if Jesus is indeed our King, our Savior, our Lord, our teacher, our rabbi, and we are the citizens, the rescued, the servants, and the students, then surely in that relationship we would hang on his every word. And the teaching of Jesus uh, is just crazy radical. Like there's nothing like this that the world has ever seen. But Jesus, he makes this particularly drastic claim when it comes to Scripture uh, that I think we need to just grapple with. And he says this, he says he hasn't come to get rid of Scripture, but he's come to fulfill it. What does that mean for him to fulfill all the law and the prophets? What does it it mean for him to fulfill it? Um, I'll tell you one thing. Right off the bat, it means that he's not getting rid of it. It means that he values it and that it has a purpose. But let's talk about what it means to fulfill. Well, there's so many different theories and takes on explaining what it means uh, for Jesus to fulfill the law and the prophets. But if I could boil it down simply, this is basically what I think Jesus is saying. He's basically saying, hey, all that you've read in the scriptures, all that you've read in the law and the prophets, it's not just a collection of mere words and laws. The scriptures are collectively a signpost. And that signpost has been pointing towards a person. And Jesus is saying, I am the person the signpost has been pointing towards. He's basically saying, if you go back through all the entire salvific work that God has been working out between him and his people, then you would see it pointing at something. And he's saying that something is me, Jesus Christ, and I have work to do. Like, like I've fulfilled the law to the brim and I'm, I'm still going. Let's keep doing stuff, right? And so that alone should be an incentive for the disciple to open up the Bible and to study and study and meditate and memorize. Because Jesus is saying that all the scriptures bear witness to him. All the scriptures point to Jesus. So here's an example of what I'm talking about, that all the scripture points to Jesus. This past year, I was reading through the Bible, and I was in the Old Testament, and I was in the book of 1 Samuel. And the passage I was reading was about Eli and his sons. So Eli was a priest, and his sons were servants of the priest. And if you were a servant of the priest, then you had certain privileges that you were allowed. However, the scripture says that his sons were wicked, and abused their role. And so finally, Eli confronted his sons about the awful things he'd been hearing about them. And he said this, and just listen to this. This is 1 Samuel chapter 2, uh, starting in verse 24. He says, My sons, the report I hear spreading about the Lord's people is not good. And then catch this. What does this remind you of? He says in verse 25, If one person sins against another, God may mediate for the offender. But if anyone sins against the Lord, who's going to intercede for them? Whenever I read that, it it just jumped out at me, right? Like, it seemed like a clear signpost that's just pointing towards Jesus. Eli points out to his sons, he says, Hey, if there's a sin against one another, God can settle that between us. And he goes, but what happens if we sin against God? He says, if you sin against God, then no one can mediate that. No one can intercede that. And what he's pointing to is that there's this huge need this, this divide between sinners and God, and that no one can bridge that gap. No one can. And he's pointing to the need for Jesus. That's a signpost pointing towards a need for something. Who will intercede for them? That's what he says. Who will intercede for them? And now we know 
Jesus. Jesus would die on the cross, clearing the way for us. People that sinned against God would know him. And so that's just a small example, but that's like that all over the Bible. The entire Bible bears witness to Jesus Christ. It's all over the place. So what we want to do is we want to spend as much time as we can in the scriptures because it points to the one we want to follow. You know, one of the key things I'm trying to teach my sons uh, in kind of this young phase of life they're in, like, I mean, they're just figuring out how to make it about in the world. And uh, one of the things I'm trying to teach them in particular is a love of obedience. And it's absolutely crucial that they understand that when their parents ask them to do something, they do it. And that's not just because we want things to be easier, but we want them uh, to see that there's joy in obedience and that good things come from obeying. And the reason it's important to us is because we pray that one day they all have joy in obeying God. And when you first become a parent, it seems like every day you're just serving their every little need. You're making their meals, cleaning their messes, changing their clothes, giving them baths. And it seems like you're just like on the peripheral and they don't really care what you're doing. However, I've been noticing that my oldest son has started to pick up that Kara and I know a thing or two about the world that he's in. So we have this herb garden and uh, he'll often pick some mint or basil and he'll walk up to us, walk up to us and be like, Hey, can I eat this? Like he'll have a leaf in his hand, but like, can I eat this? And sometimes we'll say yes. And sometimes it's a tomato leaf. So we'll be like, no. And um, I can tell he's just taking in everything that we're doing and he's starting to see us as kind of authorities on the world that he's in. Um, So when he sees me pull out my drill to work on some project in the backyard, he'll walk back into the house and grab his toy drill. When I'm mowing the yard, he'll mow next to me with his toy mower. If I'm reading my Bible, he'll even sometimes grab his little kid Bible and plop down next to me. That's super cute, right? Um, But the point being, at least for right now, He wants to value the things that I value and he wants to live the way that I live. He wants to check in with, check in with me about this world because he's understand, he knows that I have a better understanding of it. And if you are a follower of Jesus, then you have been raised from death to life and you've now been ushered into this like entirely new way of living in the world. So don't you want to walk the way that your teacher walks? Like, don't you want to live into the story that Jesus has invited you into? The kingdom of God is what you're destined for. So don't you want to spend as much time with the scriptures that bear witness to Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. And that's why it's so important that we engage the scriptures. Like we engage the scriptures because we want to follow Jesus and we want to know God. We want to live in his world. We want to check in with him. We want to learn more things. And T. Wright, he puts it this way. He says, we read scripture in order to be refreshed in our memory and our understanding of the story within which we ourselves are actors, to be reminded where it has come from and where it is going to, and hence what our own part within it ought to be. So good. So if the scriptures point towards Jesus so we can better follow him, why would you hesitate? Why would you hesitate? If all of scripture is fulfilled in Jesus, that he's fulfilling it, man, why would we hesitate to read scripture? Um, I, I, my prayer for you is that wherever you're at um, with reading scripture, that this would just feel like an invitation um, to a whole new world, really, out there for you. I mean, um, I just feel like whenever I sit down and I open up the word, not every morning, but a lot of mornings when I open up the word, 
um, I feel like I'm just exploring these things with Jesus, kind of like um, I just imagine, you know, my son walking in our little garden, holding up leaves to me and Karen saying, what is this? What is that? Tell me about this. Tell me about that. And that's just kind of what I get to do every day in the scriptures and what you get to do every day in the scriptures, is just kind of walk with your teacher, with your savior, with your King Jesus and say, what about this? What about this? And he just kind of slowly walks you through it and you'll spend a lifetime exploring the scriptures and exploring what it means to be a citizen in the kingdom of God with him. All right. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. Now what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead uh, and check out this interview that I did with Andrew and Courtney, and they share so much good wisdom and they share two really good sides of it. So let's check this out. All right. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Devo podcast. Uh, This week we're going to be talking about the importance of reading scripture. And so I thought I'd get uh, two of some of my favorite people on here. So I have Courtney and Andrew and why don't, just to start us off in our conversation with scripture, why don't you just start off, uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and then what you're reading right now in scripture. So Courtney, why don't you uh, kick us off? So my name is Courtney and I am another one of the Baylor engineering students. Um, but right now I'm reading the book of Second Kings for the first time. Second Good. Kings, all right. Yeah. Andrew? Yeah, I'm Andrew. I'm a senior music education major, about to graduate. And who knows what I'm going to do after. But right now, <laughs> I'm reading James. James, okay. Good deal. Uh, so first question I kind of have for y'all to just kind of share your thoughts on is, uh, why would you say that reading scripture is so important in the life of the believer? Who wants to kick us off? All right, Andrew, you go ahead. I'm just going to volunteer. All right. Okay. Yeah, so the first the image that comes to mind, I really like the image in First Peter 2. He says, uh, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. I see this like it's important, like God wants you to grow like he and it needs to be this the word of God needs to be milk, you know something that we can't, we take in daily um so you know, what's wrong is when you see a church that doesn't take the milk doesn't is not growing in the word of God, man what's a baby without milk yeah you know it's not gonna grow it's it's gonna be all deformed, you know that's just it just looks wrong, right. So I think that's important. And he also doesn't want you to grow, but also mature in the word. Like he wants to see you grow and become a disciple and, and teach others to obey the word of God. I think that's just what we, we don't see. And I've heard this quote, you quote before, is we, in, in the, the church these days, we live in a politically correct, but biblically illiterate church. Hmm. And it's just what we see. I mean, I hear it in, you know, community groups and, you know, we, we don't know the word of God. And so that's why it's very important to know. He wants you to mature and also discern from what's right and wrong. Um, like he wants, I mean, the word of God is a sharper, it's alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, right? It's what we use against the enemy. It's what we use to talk, how we talk to others, how we proclaim the gospel, right? Yeah. And so I think that's why it's very important. Cool. Courtney, you have anything you might add to that? Yeah, I have a lot. <laughs> um, so for me, 
scripture has been the thing that has made everything in my walk with the Lord just so much deeper than I ever could have imagined. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just opened up a new depth to prayer and worship and knowing Jesus that I didn't know existed. And so I like look back at my life and I kind of see this imagery of me walking through a forest with the Lord where I'd been walking in like prayer and worship and community for a while. Um, And the forest was all I had ever known and it was good and it was beautiful, but I wasn't really expecting there to be anything else to it. Um, And then all of a sudden I started reading scripture every day and it's like this forest just opened up into this mountaintop view of a valley with streams and there's more land and richness ahead that I had no idea I had been walking towards all this time. Um, So it's like my eyes had been opened up to how much further and deeper I could go in walking in prayer and in worship and in knowing Jesus and how I could get to spend a lifetime just having these revelations of just the richness of walking with the Lord. Um, So I have like three main ways that I feel like prayer is important to the life of a believer. And for me, the first is that it will completely change the way that you pray or the way that scripture will change the life of a believer. Um, For me, it's just, there's something so holy about praying words from the Bible. And it can be like praying a Psalm during times of praise, or it can be like looking where it says that God will turn our mourning into joy and just being like, Lord, like, your word says that you will do this. So I ask that you would show me this in my life or in someone else's, or it can be like, like there's a passage, a passage in second Timothy where it says that the Lord does not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And it can be taking that passage and saying like, Lord, I see this in your word. And I see that you have not given me a spirit of fear. So I pray that you would give me a spirit of the things that your word says that you want me to have. And so for me, like, there's just so much comfort and confidence in praying words from the Bible because you know they're true and you know that they're in line with the heart of God. Yeah. And then also, yeah, also um, scripture has completely changed worship for me. So like, if you know my walk with the Lord, you know that worship hasn't always come easy to me. Um, but now I can, I can't hear the word faithfulness in any worship song and not think about the Lord's faithfulness to his people throughout scripture. And I can't hear the words, holy, 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 without just getting images from revelation. Um, and just how we'll spend the rest of eternity, just singing those words to the Lord. Um, the worship completely changed for me once I realized that these songs that I had known, like since childhood are so rooted in scripture. Um, and then the last way that I think scripture is just so important for a believer is because that once it's on your mind and in your heart, like you will begin to see the Lord's hand in everything in your life. So for example, for me, like I wake up in the morning and I hear the birds chirping and I can't not think of that passage where it says like, if the Lord takes care of the birds and feeds them, like how much more so does he care for us? Mm-hmm. And like, I think the more that you read scripture, the more you'll just have those little moments with God. I call them my inside jokes with God and they're not really jokes, but they're just moments of being able to say like, wow, God, if I had not read this passage of scripture, I never would have acknowledged you in this moment. And so for me, like the more you're in scripture, the more you just begin to see the Lord in literally everything in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. Uh, God has, has things and hasn't worked out, but I didn't really think about the way that the two of y'all play off, and I love it because Andrew is such like a hard hitting, like, we need the truth. I so thought of that. <laughs> like, we need the truth, man. And then 
story is like, and the intimacy with God is just so good. <laughs> yes. That's great. And that's so true. Like there, there are these, yeah. um, the Bible is so multifaceted with the way that we mm. interact with it. So in mm. yeah. one hand, yeah, like I might be talking to somebody and it feels like whenever I'm talking about scripture, it is a sword, you know, like and it's just hard mm. hitting and stuff like that. But then with other people, it feels like, man, there's just this deep invitation to a richer life scripture and so yeah i love that that's uh, so good i love watching those personalities come out um that's so good so uh let's just uh courtney i'm gonna have you start this one off um but so with all that being said what is your daily practice of reading scripture look like yeah i love talking about this because it's something that i never thought i would be so passionate about um it's something that's new to my life since college, but has completely changed my walk with the Lord. Um, I think a lot of people get discouraged about reading scripture because they're maybe just not that into reading. And like, I relate to that. I know Woodway has a lot of readers, but I have not read a book other than my Bible, maybe like two other books in the past three years. Um, and so like to anyone who's like, I'm not that into reading. I don't really want to be in the word. Like I have been there. Um, but reading my Bible every day for the past three years has genuinely transformed from something that I saw as like a discipline to like the most fun and delightful part of my day. Um, so the way that I read scripture is I literally just take it one book at a time, one chapter in the morning and one chapter at night. Um, and this is a pace that has really worked for making reading scripture a part of my life every day. It's not overwhelming, and it gives me time to just take it slow and focus on small sections at a time. Um, I think a lot of people get overwhelmed about reading scripture because they feel like they have to be reading entire books really quickly. Um, but I would just encourage you to say that I have seen the Lord bless my slow and consistent pace just time and time again. Um, yeah, there's been so many times that I've been reading scripture and have come across a passage where I immediately was like, like, this is why it's taken me so long to get to this book, because I was meant to read this passage in this season of my life. Mm. Um, one time, it literally took me half a summer to read the book of Isaiah, but it was one of the most growth-filled summers of my life to just take that book really slowly and focus on one section at a time and pray through each chapter. Mm. Um, yeah, the Lord blesses small acts of faithfulness towards him and responds with more blessing and faithfulness than we could ever deserve. And I've seen that really clearly through reading scripture. Um, so for me, it looks like reading a chapter and then immediately going into prayer and asking the Lord what he wants to teach me or grow me in through that chapter. Um, I think reading scripture and prayer go so hand in hand. And when I finish the book that I'm on, this is my favorite part of the whole thing. I get to flip to the table of contents and just ask the Lord, like, where do you want me to go next? And sometimes it's a book that I've never even heard of. Like a couple weeks ago, I read Zephaniah. I've never even heard of that book and I had no expectations going into it. And so it's just fun to like go there, like go to the table of contents and be like, the Lord is going to teach me so much and I'm just going to be surprised by all of it. Um, so yeah, this is a practice that has changed my life in the past three years. And it just makes me excited to have a whole lifetime ahead of just getting to read again and again and again and learn new things through mm -hmm. the Bible. That's awesome. That's good. Yeah, for me, uh, I wake up 4 a.m. Then I go to 10, 10 a.m. Just reading six hours now. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> oh my I wish, right? No, no, I'm not that spiritual, but... <laughs> um, 
No, I, I, for me, well, right now in this season of life of COVID-19, I've, I've a little bit more time in the morning. So I like to get, I want to be awake when I read the scripture. And so I like to go for a run first or do something active and then, then come back take a shower, um, get a nice cup of tea. It's, it's my thing. Coffee's, I, I like coffee, but tea is just really easy to make for me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just something to get me up. Yeah. <laughs> just something to get me up. Uh, that's the main thing. So, yeah. and then, yeah, I just read the scriptures. So I have a nice devotional plan right now that I'm going through. It's pretty nice. It's a six month thing. I really like plans. They help me, they, mm. you know, they structure my days. Um, but I mean, I, I, what I like about the plan I'm on is that it has me doing five days a week rather than like seven. Cause honestly, on a good, I mean, I'm not personally, I, I, I don't get there. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not like trying to get the perfect week, but you know, just get most days, you know, I think it's good to have a habit of doing that. Cool. And so, yeah, that's my main thing. It's morning. Morning is what I do before I do anything else. Yeah. Um, for me, it has to, I have to do it in the morning. If I don't do it in the morning, everything's pretty much thrown off. And um, I know people have different rhythms and I kind of hesitated on having mm-hmm. this question just because I don't want anyone to think like, well, I have to do that. Um, mm-hmm. I have to do this or I have to do that. Um, the, the goal is for you to encounter Jesus. And it sounds like both of y'all have found your way of doing that in that rhythm of doing it. For me, um, some mornings I wake up and I'm so burdened um, that I just have to sit with Jesus for a bit. And I just have to say, God, like before I get into something that, you know, could be really heart wrenching or comforting. I don't know. It's like, just, can I just be with you? And then sometimes I sit with them and it feels like nothing's coming about. And then I open the scripture and then I'm immediately comforted, you know, but it's just like, for me, um, it's not always the same. Um, and um, but most mornings are kind of like study for me. And then when I, I'm not great at it, but when I do read at night, it's usually like a Psalm, um, something to put, just kind of put everything at rest. Or I might do, one of my favorite things to do is to kind of meditate on a parable or, or Jesus doing something and imagining what it would be like to be there. Um, so yeah, uh, that's cool. So uh, last, last uh, question. And this one, I know it could go because you're, because y'all are both believers. This last question could send you in a thousand places, but uh, Andrew, you kick us off, share a specific time that scripture really spoke to your situation. So, yeah, I'll give a kind of a story kind of my, with me and scripture. Um, So coming to college, I really asked the question, if I really believe this, I'm going to do what it says. You know, I'm not going to fool myself. So get here freshman year. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to, okay, I guess they're they're saying to read it. So I'll I'll read it. And so I'm reading Matthew, start there. Matthew one, the genealogies. Okay. Nothing there. Or there is stuff there, but (laughs) nothing for me to obey, really obey. And the next thing you know, I get to the Sermon on the Mount, freshman boy, (laughs) uh, read about, Matthew 5 and says, you have heard it said that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out, throw it away. 
it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Now, as a guy currently struggling with pornography, hearing that, hearing, the, man, the command of Jesus is saying, get rid of your sin, deal mm. with your sin. Yeah. I was, I, I heard that and I was like, okay, I'm going to obey this. And so that, that left, led me to confessing to another brother, helping me out and eventually getting a, a flip phone to help me out. And praise God, it's almost been three years of free from porn addiction, right? Praise God, that's awesome. So, yeah, so, you know, reading stuff like that, like, okay, these are the commands of God. That, that's, that, 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 that's scripture when I took it seriously and when I read it and obeyed. And that's where, where scripture started changing. And then, and then I could go into just, and then when I, when I started reading scripture, I really saw Jesus, who he is, how much he loves me, and how he's crazy about me. And just how receiving that love and, and it's changed my life yeah you know so that's so that, that's a specific moment cool me about you yeah so i have an example from this past semester um starting this semester i just had this sense that after what had felt like a long fruitful season that the lord was calling me more into like a pruning season and that's exactly what this past semester has looked like um the Lord has been pruning me a lot and just exposing to me a lot of ways that my heart is not in line with the heart of Jesus and just showing me how to grow in that. Um, and pruning is really good because at the end, like you look more like Jesus, but in the moment it's just kind of hard and painful and sometimes discouraging. Yeah. Um, so a scripture that I came across this semester that has spoken to me a lot is from Deuteronomy chapter eight. Um, I subtitled it the pruning and the promise in my Bible. And it says, you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what is in your heart. And then it goes on to say, know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs, flowing out in the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, and you shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. And I took a lot of comfort in this passage because it just reminded me that the Lord uses seasons of discipline and pruning to lead you into just deeper abundance and blessing yeah. him. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, that's so good, guys. Um, I think. Yeah, whenever usually we think of moments, we think of, it's like God does, in reality, scripture, it shapes and forms us every time we encounter it. And we might not grasp it in the moment, but then there's certain moments, and it's usually in transitional moments in our life where it might be like in Andrew's case, like where there was habitual sin and God called him out of it. It might be that you've just come out of a hard season like Courtney and God's explaining like, hey, this is where we've been. Um, but for me, yeah, the, the moments I can think of where it was just like, it was that I was in a season and I was seeking God and the way I knew to seek God was to pray, of course, but also to read a scripture and that's when things really come alive. And so just for people that are listening on the podcast, like whenever you feel like you're seeking, that is, if there's any time the time to pull out scripture, you know, it should be a part of your everyday rhythm, but if it's not, and, and you feel like you're seeking, pull out the word of God, cause it's living. 
And I would be willing to bet a lot of money <laughs> that it's going to speak to you in that moment. Um, just, uh, I haven't done this on everyone, but just uh, to share for me uh, a time where God really spoke to me. A lot of the college ministry will remember this, but um, I got, I went through a phase where I just kind of felt like I've been really fiery for a long time. And like, I had this picture of what God wanted us to do. And then it felt like I started getting like really dulled down and then kind of lukewarm. And uh, I started getting really dissatisfied with my walk and with everyone's walk. And I was just, I was just so irritated. Like I was just uh, mad. And I, and uh, I remember I went into, um, yeah, it was like a prayer and fasting thing. And, and I was just really seeking him. And I remember one morning I got up and it was really early and I pulled out and I was in Isaiah and I was in Isaiah nine and I heard something that God said to Isaiah and it hit me. Like, you know, like whenever you read it and it feels like it just like punches you in the face. It's like, for me, the moments that he speaks to me, it's not like, I'm like, huh, like, I wonder if that could be, and so if you're wondering what those moments are like, for me, it's always been like, it just punches me in the face. It's like, deal with it, you know? And I heard this line that God said, Isaiah, and I felt like he was saying it to me. He said, do not call conspiracy all that these people call conspiracy. and Do not fear what they fear, nor be in dread. Let the Lord of hosts, him you shall honor as holy. Let him be your fear and let him be your dread. <laughs> it's super intense. But I just realized that... Um, in that moment, I realized there were a lot of things um, that some people would probably call like a holy discontent, things that Christians just seem to do. And it was bothering me that I was doing them, even though they're like kind of okay, like in the church. It's like, it wasn't the best that God was calling us to. Uh, and that was a moment that God like really switched some things in me. And the, th- the reality that I love about it is he's going to do that again in my life later with a different passage, <clears throat> you know, like later in my life, I'll feel like I'm like, I'm getting frustrated again. And he's just going to be calling me into deeper holiness and deeper holiness. And it's kind of like what Courtney was saying, like it gets you excited because you realize I'm going to spend a lifetime pursuing God, hearing from him and just growing. And uh, yeah. So the word is, is a sweet gift. So, um, Hey, thank you guys so much for coming on. I love both of you. And uh, when I was talking with the staff about people we should talk to, y'all's names came up. And the funny thing is, is like we, we knew that um, just from talking with y'all that y'all had a love for scripture, but also I would be willing to know that you have a love for scripture without, without even asking you because it's, it's evident in the way that you live and the way that you talk that you're soaking up scripture. And so, um, yeah, super thankful for y'all. Thank you so much uh, for coming on and talking with us. I know this will be a blessing to people. So, all right. We'll see you guys later. See you, man. All right. That's good. Bye, Courtney. Bye.